Before we get going, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you to Johanna for joining our list of show producers. Thank you for your monthly contribution, Johanna. You take me one step closer to making this my full-time job. Thank you. Eleanor Roosevelt said, Beautiful young people are accidents of nature, but beautiful old people are works of art. Welcome to the Soul Podcast. I'm Stacy Wheeler. Today I want to pause to appreciate the human journey. As I began the second half of my life, I realized that for most of my life, I had a youth bias. This was especially strong when I was a teen. I saw older people as less alive, less vibrant, and even projected that most of them were sad. I noticed the way old men walk, slow and sometimes a bit bent at the middle or shoulders. I judged them in subtle ways. Now I understand this mentality was driven by lack of life experience, but the bias wasn't a naturally occurring one. My way of thinking was driven by countless little factors, including pop culture. It's helpful to understand where our biases come from if we want to get rid of them. When I was growing up, older people in film and TV were usually portrayed in a very narrow way. These were caricatures, really, and those caricatures were not flattering. This imagery played a part in creating an unintentional bias in many people in my age group. Maybe the younger generations are the same. Even today, there's not much positive imagery about older people in the media. As far as I can tell, these biases are common, even if most of us aren't aware we have it. But that doesn't mean we have to keep it. Today, an older man passed by the window of a coffee shop where I was sitting. He was tall and thin, with weather-worn skin. He walked with a slow pace, moving his right leg in a way that told a story. He's got a bad hip or a lower back injury. Every older person holds a story of an epic life journey. Some are more epic than others, yet none of them boring. If I could only press a button and see his whole life as a film, to see why he walks the way he walks, to see his heartaches and losses, to feel his triumphs and memories of victory, the highs, the lows, the human journey, then I could truly know him. Wouldn't that be amazing? When I was a boy, I loved to hold my grandmother's hands. They were gnarled from arthritis, and one hand was missing a finger from an accident with a circular saw. She lost that finger building her own home. Bessie was a southern woman, but she was no wilting flower. She was born in 1902. She lived through the First World War, the Second, Korea, and Vietnam. She married, and they lived in Oklahoma during the Great Dust Bowl of the 30s. She was dragged by a horse when she was pregnant and lost her child, but she went on to have four daughters. Her husband, Reuben, left Oklahoma to find work. He hopped freight trains to get to California, where he heard there was work to be had. He sent money back to support his family. They made it through the Great Depression, and Bessie and her four daughters moved to California to be with Reuben. He became a lumber worker. But at 50, Reuben died suddenly, a heart attack. Bessie never remarried. She was feisty, and she got a certain perverse delight from telling inappropriate jokes. Somehow she understood that these jokes were made funnier coming from an old woman. But she'd never tell them in what she considered mixed company, 
someone who might be easily offended or she didn't know well. My grandmother's life began the year before the Wright brothers' first flight. In her mid-60s, she watched the moon landing. She had two heart surgeries and once died on the operating table. And she kept on living. At the age of 92, she finally punched the clock and called it a life. When Bessie passed, she had 15 grandchildren, 28 great-grandchildren. There wasn't a single one who didn't adore her. My grandmother's gnarled hands told a story of a life fully lived, told a story of an epic journey. But she didn't think about it that way. If you'd asked her, she'd say she was just making her way through the world, living day to day. But what an epic journey. What a beautiful life. All the pain, all the beauty. Her life was a quilt work of human experience, stitched together as she moved from one moment to the next. If someone had told her when she was a young girl what her life was going to be like, she wouldn't have believed it, would she? How could she possibly believe a story that epic? And it's just a normal human life, moving through a period in history. Now pause a moment and understand we are all on an epic journey. Just like the man walking by the window of the coffee shop. That's why he walks the way he does. That's why his skin is weathered and his pace is slow. He has lived and he's living that journey. We are all on our journey. And that journey requires pain. There is no journey without pain. Consider Bessie's journey. What if her story was, she was born, everything went perfectly. She always had what she wanted, and she was never made uncomfortable by life's circumstances. She had the exact number of children she wanted, the births were painless, and the children never made any problems for her. They were perfect. When she passed, she died quietly in her sleep at the same moment her husband did. Would you pay to watch that movie? How boring. It's the turmoil that makes it interesting, the pain, the bumps in the road. None of us anticipate the journey we'll have, but it's our journey. It is unique to each of us. There are no two journeys the same. And how beautiful is that? The pain is the exclamation point of our lives, and so are the joys. It's a rough ride. By the time we arrive at old age, we've accumulated scars. Some seen, some unseen. Those old injuries add up and they slow us down. Just like the man walking by the coffee shop window. Julius Caesar said, It is easier to find men who will volunteer to die than to find those who are willing to endure pain with patience. Aging involves many different flavors of pain. It takes someone of strong mind and strong spirit to do it with grace. And none of us want to volunteer for pain. But it doesn't matter if we volunteer for it. Pain of all flavors is the journey. It is how our souls learn. It is how our souls grow. Rumi said, Grief can be the garden of compassion. If you keep your heart open through everything, your pain can become your greatest ally in your life's search for love and wisdom. Grief, pain, that's where the growth is. It's what we do with the journey that matters. Do we roll over and let the pain destroy us? 
Life's experiences can hollow some people out, leave them a shell of what they once were. Those same life experiences can be used to grow in mental and emotional strength, even as our bodies weaken with age. And it's our thinking that determines how we approach the pains in life. We have a choice which begins with our mindset. Does our mind tell us we're a victim? Or does it tell us this is an epic journey? When we know it's a journey, we push forward. We endure the losses, we take the pain, and we continue the ride. In doing this, we evolve to a greater level. Our souls expand. Remember what Eleanor Roosevelt said? Beautiful young people are accidents of nature, but beautiful old people are works of art. The next time you see a hunched over old man or woman, pause and appreciate that life. Honor that journey. Can you see the beauty there? Can you? And then remember, you too are becoming a beautiful old work of art. Thank you for listening to the Soul Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, learned something new, or were just entertained, please tell your friends about the show. This is the best way for people to find the show. Check the show notes for links to supporting information, as well as any books or other reading material related to this episode.